This is the Lucy Beatrix podcast. I'm a fashion model turned competitive runner. And today we are going to do a Q&A of questions that I've received from people on Instagram and show listeners. And today I also have help from my friend and sometimes show producer, who is also the founder of Floored Media, where we are right now in Long Island, Jay. <laughs> Hey, how um, are you? I am uh, yeah. present and accounted for. Yes. <laughs> so um, it's funny because I, I haven't been here and I actually have a confession to make. Oh, no. Um, I just wanted to tell you for the very first time, and that is that I, I fell in love. Wow. With Austin, Texas. Oh, man. <laughs> I, started, I started getting the bubble guts. I thought you were proposing. <laughs> No, I fell in love with Texas. Okay. I'm a city girl. I've been here for 16 years, you know. I'm a New York girl. Okay, maybe it's a fling. Maybe it's not maybe love. Maybe it's just a fling. Yeah, well, so here's the thing. I, I think I mentioned last time I was here that when it gets cold, which is actually snowing today, which is the perfect backdrop of why I flew down south uh, to Texas for the winter. But um, yeah, it's snowing here. And the whole idea that I had a couple months ago, uh, I'll never forget, I was sitting in the photo studio um, in November, in early November, and it was starting to get cold in New York. And I texted one of my friends down in Texas and was like, can I just come to Texas and train and hang out and you know, start, start a life, like just hang out there? Because in the past, when I was still a fashion model, I would go to um, LA for the winters every year. I would try to get the heck out of here. But this time I decided to change it up and go to Austin, which I, I had no idea what to expect. But when I got down there, it's pretty nice. It's actually like, it's the best of both worlds as far as like the New York City hustle mixed with LA weather, but not as superficial. So there's something about it that uh, definitely speaks to me. And I think that the, the scene for athletes is actually one of the the biggest things that I've noticed is like, there are a lot of competitive runners down there to train with. And that was, that's been really amazing. It's been so appealing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a different kind of life down there. H have you been to Austin? I haven't been to Austin. I've been to Waco because there's a, uh, there's a surf pool there. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so for work. Yeah. So I've been to Waco a couple of times. Yeah. It's a cool so, vibe. Yeah, but before I get into more of my adventuring in Austin land and like my, my love affair with Texas, what's new with you? I feel like you have an announcement and I, I think it's worth sharing about this, the, the thing that you just did, if you're allowed to talk about that. Oh, it's not, I don't even think it's that big of a deal. It's a big deal. I don't think so. It's just, it's definitely a big deal. Well, all right. Well, I mean, I guess, well, maybe not. Well, no one really knows about it yet, but I could speak about it. Are you just, allowed to talk about it? Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, 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 uh, I shot for a cover of a publication. Okay, shooting a magazine cover is a really amazing it is. milestone. It is. And it should not be brushed over. You're, you're just like me, where it's like we're type A and we're always looking at the next thing of like, right. okay, I got this, but what's next? No, you just shot a magazine I, cover. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty funny because like a couple months ago, I got page two and three in Surfer's Journal it was it was an ad, also amazing. but you know, yeah, it was it was cool. It was a two page spread, but now I I backed up one page now. You're on the cover. I'm on the cover. Which Listen, is pretty cool. I remember when I got on the cover of Elle magazine. Not to be like back in my day when I was on the cover of Elle, I couldn't enjoy it because anyway, so it's only out for however long a month right. or whatever. 
and I couldn't enjoy it because I was already thinking of what's the next job and you're not as good you're only as good as your next gig or like you, you can't you can't enjoy the job that you're in and the same way it's like with running like you know run the mile that you're in I think you need to enjoy the magazine cover that you're in and think like that's a big deal and like you know it's a it's a it's a it's a big thing for a photographer to be able to shoot someone like a cool athlete and get them on the cover it's fucking awesome it's pretty cool yeah cool. so well thanks for bringing that up congrats thank you um i definitely am impressed by that and it's a beautiful photo too so thank you anyway so that's that's uh that's an exciting piece of news um i feel like you know we've been doing the show for it's been at least a half a year of like coming out here and the the studio has changed so much but it's just getting better and better every time i come well, thanks. And, you know, uh, with with business comes, you know, some a little bit of profits, and then you know, you're always excited to spend some of those to you know improve make on it the better. space. Yeah, yeah. There's this uh, YouTuber named Mr. Beast. He's kind of like the biggest one. I don't know if you know. Yeah, who he, he is. comes. He comes to American Dream a lot because he has his restaurant there. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's you know, because I because we also we have a surf program in that mall, so I'm I'm there a lot too. So I ate at his place maybe a month ago. Oh yeah. So yeah. he um so he I was watching some of his like how he's gotten to how where he is with like even with the restaurant stuff and but even just his channel growing and stuff and um it's funny to think that he says that he puts all all the profits in directly into the the, the channel like so if he gets a million dollar deal he'll put it directly into making the content right. a million dollars worth of content, that's awesome which is cool i that like that cool. i can I, I get behind that i understand it as like a creator i guess but um so yeah there's some stuff to be to be filled in on and obviously last time since last time i was here i literally packed up my entire life and just said i'm gonna start over in texas i got my apartment here in new york i gave notice and just started completely over with no real idea what i'm doing except for i have a few north stars like i know that i'm focusing on running i'm focusing on my writing my podcast but i kind of just been taking lots of shots in the dark so um, one of the things that I was working on um, when I first went out there was training towards the Houston Marathon. So part, part of the appeal of going down to Austin was to train with new teammates, with a brand new coach, and get kind of like a different, go into training for a marathon in a different way. But that said, um, and I think this might be one of the first questions that we have, or it might be on like the, the beginning. We, we got a question and uh, I'll just let you read it. Yeah, I mean, I felt like you were leading into it anyway, but, yeah. you know, something did happen at your most recent marathon down in Texas. I don't even think I even really know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I was not very clear about describing it. So, yeah, that's, that's the question that I think people have been wondering. It's the first question of the day, I guess. Yeah, well, is, well, here we go. What happened in Texas? What happened in the Houston Marathon? So, as you guys know, I ran Chicago in October. And I trained here all summer long with my training partner, Omri, and we put in the miles. I ran a 244 at my second marathon. It was awesome. It was so great. It was the perfect everything. I just had, I mean, I fell at the race start. That aside, I had an amazing race. But um, that 244 kind of planted the seed that I wanted to go after something even more ambitious and train towards the Houston Marathon in January. Um, I, so basically I trained all winter down in Texas, uh, lots of amazing long runs, track workouts, speed workouts, all kinds of stuff. I was logging hundred mile weeks. Everything was going great. And all of the stars seemed to align and even indicate that I might run faster than I did in Chicago. 
But uh, the marathon is such a long and fickle distance that you really have to have everything line up perfectly to be able to go do what your training indicates that you can do. It can, you can train as much as you want, but if it's a hot day, it's just not going to be what you what you expected. I know, like there's a lot of like random unknowns, like even fueling and nutrition and just everything. And for me, it was a combination of having a random stomach cramping that happened pretty early on in the race mixed with uh, hormonal female problems. And that it was kind of hot. So there are a couple things that were just off. And I, I thought that maybe I'd be able to just fight through it and just say, okay, like, it's okay. It's my day. Like magic's going to happen. And I think that there are times when that can happen. Like I think Chicago was an example of that, but for whatever reason that didn't happen. And I, so as soon as I started getting stomach cramps around mile eight, like first, like first things first, you know, I went into this race with a job to do. I was like, I'm just going to go log, like do this. You know, I was going to do this race no matter what, no matter how I was feeling. And I couldn't even really tell on the morning of like, am I, is this a good day or a bad day? I just didn't know. So I just went into it like a training run and tried to not, not get too stressed out and just let myself just get to that starting line confidently and ready, set, go. So the first six miles, I was on pace to run a PR, like run pretty fast. I was running at about a six flat minute mile pace and that was feeling pretty good. But it was pretty soon after that, that I had passed my coach on the sidelines, uh, Jeffrey Cunningham, who was like, he was definitely bringing the energy and he was also trying to like keep, keep the energy uh, tamped down a little bit because it's a marathon and there's so many more miles ahead after that six mile point. Um, and so I saw him and then I was like, wait a minute, I need to like reassess what I'm doing here with the paces. Cause I was going a little fast and I knew that. And I was like, but there's like, no, it's not, it's not all is not lost yet. But then it was when I had this like aching stomach cramp that I was like, uh Oh, when this happens in a training run, I, I usually just focus on taking deep breaths and try to like calm myself down. But in this case, I was like, I kind of just need to stop and, and collect my thoughts, like, like get my body. Cause I felt like it was like, just not letting me run. So I felt compromised. So I did stop and I thought, you know what? I could literally stop for 30 to 45 seconds and still be in the pace that I need to be at. Like I, I could take that break. And I thought that was really empowering. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I do just stop, drink some Gatorade and then I get back out there. But then it, that's when it became a dance of stopping, you know, okay, no, 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 I can do this. Get, start going again. As soon as I pick up the speed, stomach cramp, stopping, walking, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until I realized, okay, I have two options. I can either drop out, just go on the side of the road, get on my knees and be like a dead dog about it. Or, which I, I've done that before. I know what it feels like to drop out of a marathon. It's not fun. Or I can just finish the darn thing as long as it takes. And so I decided to do that. And I decided that I would just uh, walk the darn thing in. And that was probably one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had as a runner because I was there with the other runners that were going at all different paces. And I saw a lot of friends I knew in further 
paces back start to pass me like the three it's the sub three hour marathon group the sub 330 marathon group they're passing and stuff as i'm walking and it was really empowering because i thought you know what like yeah this isn't my day and i have to walk the 26.2 mile basically i have to walk this this whole distance but i could really appreciate the marathon and take away the um competitive stuff that comes with it so it ended up being Obviously, this wasn't the dream for me was to like go have a four hour, 32 second marathon when I had just run a 244 90 days before. But I learned a lot. And I also learned that people don't really care what time you run if you are like, it's not about the actual time. It's about who you are as a runner and what you're learning and the journey and, you know, the, the, the most special thing was that nobody i thought like i know i was the entire time i'm thinking oh my god i'm such a loser everyone's gonna laugh at me blah 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 no people people get it it's a marathon and so when i came way i came into the the finish way after what i was what i was expecting my friend dirk was there at mile 22 or actually i think he was around like mile 24 so it was right at the end i had a big sign that said lb on it with red letters <laughs> And I was just walking towards him and I was shaking my head like, you don't need to cheer for me at this point. He was like, yeah, yeah, you got to, you got to finish the darn thing now. And I was like, okay, yeah, I do. I have to finish now. So then he just kept, I could hear him screaming my name. He's like, yeah, Lucy. And I'm like, no, but it was actually really funny. And I, I finished and, um, I took some time to like recalibrate and the thing was, is that I think also after these kinds of like sad endings to something that you thought you were going to do, uh, you know, have, not having the race that you wanted after so many hours of work and so many weeks of my life, you know, putting all this time into these runs, um, having being around people who still care and love me and like want to make sure I'm okay. Like, obviously I talked to my coach that, that afternoon and I talked to my friends and everyone we're all, it's fine, you know? So I think that it was a really good experience because it, it taught me that like, don't get too crazy about a race. It's just a race and there's gonna be more races. And I actually have another race on deck, obviously, you know me, but um, I'm keeping it kind of quiet until it's closer to the actual day. And I feel good about it. Like I'm excited about running. I don't feel the same kind of pressure that maybe other people do. And I actually noticed when all this one happened, when all this went down more, I felt like other people were more upset than I was like, yes, I was upset, but like other people were like, oh my God, well, oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, it, was, it wasn't my day, but it was kind of funny. Cause I thought, yeah, but like, you know, it's just a random day. And so it's, it's okay. Like I'm okay. So you should be okay. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, but I think also right after it happened, I didn't post too, too much about it. Like I need to let it kind of sink in and be like, what? what the heck was that? What was that? And I think with social media and stuff too, you have to give yourself a second before you go tell the world like what happened, you know? So that's what happened. That's what happened in Houston. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. for everyone here that doesn't run 30 miles to walk, like for anyone that's in the New York area, it's like walking from Long Island to Manhattan and then back to Long Island again. Good point. And that's like, like for me, <laughs> If someone said, Jay, you had to walk to Manhattan and back, it'd be, it'd be like a joke. Like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm going to do that. But it's like, that is such a distance to walk. Forget about running, even walking. It's just such a, in my mind, 
I don't know. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. But you Thank made you. it. And I made it. And I it wouldn't was... even make it walking. How did I make it walking? I wouldn't make it walking. Well, good point. Honestly, I was more tired. It's it's crazy. That night and then the next day, I thought because in your head, you think it like doesn't count if you're walking or something. But then I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. That still counts. And I was yes. hungry. I felt more hungry than I was after running a 244 marathon. I think it's because there was less time. Like I was out there on my feet and the heat and stuff. I was just like dead. So I always, I was joking that, um, I think I tweeted this, that the four hour and change marathon, running a four hour plus marathon. Literal, literal marathon. Was harder than a 244 marathon, but in, in so many different ways, but yeah. So anyway, so that's what happened in Houston, but all is not lost. The training is still there. Like the base from the winter is still there. It just has to be used for something else. So we'll see what it ends up getting used for. But it's it's kind of nice to be like dialing the mileage back now and be like, oh, I have energy. Like I feel like in the middle of marathon training cycles, I'm just like always tired and don't feel like myself. I'm a zombie. No, I feel kind of more alive and stuff now and excited and just, yeah. So unoptimistic. But um, yeah, so that's what happened. All right. Well, I feel like after talking about that, we can like roll into um – Maybe let's see nutrition oh, and nutrition. fueling. Okay. So nutrition and fueling for running and recovery. Where do you uh, stand on those? The question I got about nutrition and fueling, I get this question all the time. Um, and I've even taken it since I've been in Texas the past few months. Um, I've even changed my approach to nutrition and fueling a little bit more. I'm always finessing and changing things and deciding what works for me, what doesn't work for me. And I have a really great habit of just cooking. I cook most most of my meals, but I would say that like, it's just as simple as keep it simple. That's all. It's just whole foods cooked very minimally, whether that's sauteed or thrown in the oven with some oil or some, you know, like roasted or steamed or blanched. One step, like one process of, of how I cook it. And then take a big bed of vegetables, stick them on a, a big plate of greens, and then have a protein of some kind, which is oftentimes fish. Actually, the other night I had halibut. I've been I've been branching out of my fish uh, norm because it's just like salmon, but um, I've had halibut. I got really into Chilean sea bass ever since I moved to Texas. I don't know why, because it's not like it's like a Texas uh, food, but <laughs> yeah, so it's just like protein, vegetables, lots of carbs, like sweet potatoes. And I don't know. I like, I even think like with the food questions too, it's kind of just like what works for you. And right. yeah. Chipotle. Chipotle. Honestly, if it works for you, do it. It's not working for me. But. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like, I'm definitely, I'm just like very minimal when it comes to the kitchen, but I do think that there should be some kind of a ceremony surrounding food. So like having sit down dinners, and not just scarfing stuff. And I actually feel like I was doing this a lot more in New York where I would just like scarf in food without really thinking about it while I was doing other stuff, like watching TV or something. And I don't do that anymore. Like I really like have dinners and like make it like dinner time. And that like kind of keeps it sacred and special. And it also like helps you know where you are with like satiety levels where it's like, oh, I'm like actually really, really, really hungry. Now I'm full. Like you're more aware of uh, food stuff your relationship with food but yeah so i've just been keeping it simple i got a question yeah like question? i like to eat out yeah and everyone says oh eating out is so unhealthy 
But like, I don't like sitting at home and eating because I live alone. So I don't like yeah. sitting home and eating by myself. So what do I do to eat healthy? Because uh, we, you- we've eaten out once or twice. Yeah. And I ordered like this noodle dish and then you're sitting there with your steamed vegetables. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, maybe I'm not doing the right thing. No, listen, like <laughs> you eating out, it's more about what you choose. But I think that you're, what's your, what are your goals? What are you focusing on? Are you trying to like change your diet for anything? I mean, I would say, I don't, you know, I know dad bods are acceptable these days, but I, you know, <laughs> I feel like I could tone it down a little bit. Well, like, but. it's always like, I would say like break it up with like, so if you're going to get like the main heavy dish, also have the salad that you can kind of like mix it in so that it's not just all the heavy stuff or like, that's kind of like what I do when I eat more decadent foods. I actually, when I, I did, I have eaten out a little bit more than I usually do in Texas. And I'll do that where it's like, I'll have some of the heavier things. Like even on New Year's Eve, I went to this place called Nixta, which was like kind of not, it's not fancy, but it's a James Beard nominated restaurant or something. Oh. And it was really great, but it was kind of heavy food. And so having like the mixing of like the heavier things with the salads and the other stuff to like, feel like you're not just eating all the heavy stuff, but yeah. yeah I'll figure it out one day. Just, you know, when I get the steamed vegetables, you should get the steamed vegetables too. And then mix it in with your heavy food. I could do that. <laughs> but what is the name of that Thai restaurant that we go to? Tum Thai. That place is awesome. It is really awesome. I love My favorite. it. My yeah. favorite. I was there last night. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I get like, like I, I get like a lot of chicken. So I, chicken's like my go-to. Yeah. So like chicken with some curry, bok choy. Yeah. Your mom, we went with uh, Jay's mom to this Thai restaurant and- she liked what I got. She got, she understood it. She's like, oh, I, I like, I speak that kind of food way or whatever. Like having like the clean, like simple, blanched steamed right. vegetables. It, it, I don't think salad. I didn't hear about it afterwards. Did you see what she was eating? <laughs> and I automatically felt like I was 400 pounds. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Your mom, your mom. Anyway, God bless uh, her. she's great. So anyway, yeah. So that's like my food principle is just like simple, simple. But I don't think too, too hard about it other than that. All right. Well, I feel like in this little list of questions we got here, moving on, has it been a big adjustment with your move from New York City to Austin, Texas? Has it been a big adjustment from moving uh, moving from New York to Austin? Yes, it's totally different. It's not the same at all. Like it's completely different. Are, are people friendlier? Um, people are friendlier, <laughs> but okay. So like I say this, but then I have you and I have my, like I have my friends here well, in New York we're, that we're, are friendly. We're speaking in, in generalities, walking down the street, do people acknowledge and give you yes, a Yes. And I don't like it <laughs> because I feel like there was this lady the other day. I was like, I was eating a persimmon on the side of the street on South fifth street in Austin, Texas. And I'm standing by the trash can because I think I had to peel the sticker off and stick it in the trash. And this lady goes, excuse me. And I jumped and I was like, what? Like I almost like, I was thought she was gonna attack me. And she was just a random lady asking for directions. And I'm like, but my nature is that like, you don't like keep Approach. your distance. Don't. I feel don't. like people in other parts of the country and maybe world, they're a little more eager to approach a stranger to ask, Anything, a directions, nice she shirt. She said, "Do you know nice a good hair. place to get some dinner around here?" And I was like, right. "What? Are we friends now?" Like, and I and I don't know why. Maybe it is the past sixteen years in New York. But then again, we just walked over to Starbucks, and some random dude was getting in his car and was like, "Yo, oh, that's like, my boy." Yeah, your boy. So you have like your people. Well, like, this is this is my neck of the woods. So yeah. and I'm, I kind of have that in my old neighborhood in Williamsburg, but. 
Yeah, so I feel like people are definitely friendlier. I've definitely noticed, what I noticed when I first got to Austin was the running scene is automatic best friends. Like you're automatically best friends with everyone that you end up running with. I don't get the sense of that as much in New York. Like there's, I mean, I have my people here obviously, but I feel like it took a while to like get those people. But where in Austin, it's like, oh, you run, I run. We both have the same coach. We're best friends automatically. And that's kind of great. Like that's, that was like one of the most appealing things that I noticed was I realized how inclusive uh, that community is. And it's very appealing if you're someone like me who spends a lot of time running. And that's like, that's when I like to like talk to people and be social and stuff. Um, I met these twins that are from Canada that came down to train in Austin, um, Michelle and Kim. They both had marathon debuts that were blazing fast. They ran a 236 and a 237 at CIM in the winter. And uh, that's some crazy, crazy fast times. And I met them and I, I remember I was like, kind of like nervous to meet them. I was like, wow, like they're so fast and so amazing and stuff. But as soon as we met, they're just like super nice and warm and automatic fast friends and there you go it's like stuff like that where it's like I feel like people are very um I you know I just like feel like everyone's kind of on the same wavelength and at least that's what I've experienced so that's that's one of the big pros of Austin so, so the big adjustment is people are friendlier yes <laughs> yeah that's people people are friendlier how about how about local economics how about local you know economics. I don't know like are things cheaper more expensive good or, question you know uh, it, there's th some things that are cheaper and then, but then again, so things might be cheaper, but then you need to have a car and there's a car or you should, it's easier to have a car and like things like this, I'm noticing where it like might be cheaper in some ways, like your rent or something, but then you have to think of how to have a car. And so it kind of evens out. It evens out. I feel like food is cheaper. Um, but I, I also noticed as far as like, I, this is a really weird observation, but I kind of thought there wasn't going to be as much of, um, unhoused or homeless population, but there, there definitely is like you, there are pockets of Austin that you can see like tents. It kind of reminds me of like Skid Row or something in LA, but that was surprising to me, but I've heard that it was a lot, there was a lot more of that before the pandemic. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that in general, it seems about, it's a little bit cheaper, but not in a huge, that, that's not, a, that's not like a big um, deterring reason why I would choose Austin over New York. How about like running facilities? Are there like more, less? Cause you know, I guess New York is densely populated. I don't know if there's like, are there more tracks? Are there more running spaces? We have one main track that we all run on. And, um, but the, the big thing, this is the difference is there's a dirt trail, Town Lake Trail on Ladybird Lake that is if you like for me Did i love to say ladybird lake ladybird lake yeah well that okay so there's this whole discrepancy of like some people say ladybird lake some people say town lake depending on when you move to austin i've been told both by two different people that you either say one or the other but um so there's this dirt trail that you can easily log 10 miles without even thinking about it. Whereas in New York, it's kind of like, you know, you have to kind of like navigate the city streets and like your traffic and stuff. This, you can just be out there running in the dark and the dirt. It's amazing. I, I love that. So I feel like it is very running friendly uh, now in the winter versus in the summer. I've heard it's a little too hot for that. So we'll see, but. 
All right. Well, I think that that wraps up all of the uh, running related questions. All the running related questions. Yeah. And I, so I feel like in a nutshell, marathon might not have gone my way, but I learned a lot of amazing lessons and it doesn't change how I feel about Texas. Um, and yeah, Texas has friendly people. So we, but we also, we've got a totally different segue. Yep. Jay's favorite part of the, uh, the questions here. This is here. the requested, this is requested. Special request. I'm not going to lie. We've got special requests to answer these kinds of questions. All right. Well, let's let's just dive in head first here into our dating segment. I don't have my sound effects turned on. I wish I wish we had a very special like like the yeah. love doctors. Yeah, you know <laughs> we are the love listening. doctors because we've done Q and A on dating before and. Yeah, you know, maybe I'll edit something in post. Do me a favor. Look at the camera and just take us into the dating, to the dating segment. Here we go. On three. One, two. And on this segment, we are the Love Doctors. All right. And here we are. Here we are. All right. Let's see here. What do you think about modern dating? How is it now versus before social media and apps? This is a great question. Oh, start. What do you think of modern dating, social media apps versus the old days? Well, I feel like I'm of that perfect age where I was just like, where technology started, that's when I started. So now it's like, this gives you a really, with apps and stuff and social media, it gives you a great, oh, let me switch to me. Boop, there I am. <laughs> it gives you a great way to meet people outside of your pool. Like growing up, I remember like you would just date who's around. Because, you know, unless you were at work, but you were, you were dating from a pool, either from friends or friends of friends or of, you know, co-workers or a co-worker's friend. But now it's like you can meet someone that's totally outside of your life, mm -hmm. which I think is pretty neat. Because then you can, like, find a whole new world of new people and someone with a different career. and Totally different. And even just uh, socioeconomic or any kind of background, like, you're not There's no barrier. Limited. Yeah. I think that it's weird. The app, like meeting people, that's a big pro for sure. But then I almost think like sometimes you do need a little bit of a tunnel, like to weed out all the noise because there's just so many options and stuff. But yeah, so it's a double-edged sword. Do, are you? Would you be more familiar or comfortable with like a referral from a friend? I have this guy. I know him. I went to high school. He's nice. Do you want to meet him? Is that where you are? I don't you're... know. I feel like those never that, go well. <laughs> those are so awkward. Have you ever done those where they're like, hey, I yeah, really want to hook I've, you up with I've, like my friend. And yeah, then it's... yeah, I've been hooked up a couple of times. Ugh, yeah, don't want to talk about bad. that. Those are bad. I remember one time, this is kind of a weird story, but this girl back in the day, she introduced, she was like, oh my God, you and my brother would be perfect together. And brother. so we went on a date. And I remember first from the start, I was, like second I saw him, I was like, no. Well, so we sat down at this Mexican restaurant and then he was like, I hate to tell you this, but and don't tell my sister, but he's like, I'm gay and she doesn't know it. <laughs> and so what? We had to pretend, we had to pretend to go on a date, but he was gay. So he, but he was like, but my sister doesn't know. Like gay, gay, bi gay, 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 gay. straight up gay. Gay, gay. So we just enjoyed um, guac and talk tacos and just talked and stuff. And he was like, yeah, I'm gay. I'm just like, not. He wasn't out yet and he wasn't ready to be out to his sister. So, so yeah. Wow. So, but that was like, that was the last time I got set up on a date. <laughs> that was the last time I got set up on a date. 
Wow. I'm but, not, yeah. I'm not uh, I don't think I'm going to share on this one. I think I overshared on our last uh, dating segment. I liked, I liked that, but you know, <laughs> comfort, whatever your comfort level is. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I don't know. I, th- I think it's a plus unless you're really old school, but that will also lead us into our next question, which is, what do you think about men and women approaching people in real life? Which that was the only way you could do it back yeah. in the day. Like you had to approach, like, you know, I had a long-term uh, relationship and uh, I was in Dunkin' Donuts. And I saw, you know, a girl that I thought was attractive and I walked up to her and I complimented her Ugg boots going back a few years. And then that was it. And then next thing you know, I got her number and then we were dating. How long did you guys date? Uh, A few years. That is so crazy that- But I walked up to a stranger. Dunkin' Donuts. I don't drink Dunkin' Donuts anymore (laughs) or talk to her. Now you're a Starbucks person. Yeah, I moved on. That so that it, it it worked. Yeah, in the moment, I walked up, I initiated conversation, I got a number, and that led to a few years of dating. I think that it can work. It just it's so hard to know where someone else is at and like if they're perceptive to. You just have to shoot your shot. That's what it is. It's like if you're going to go up to somebody, I think it could work. I've the only times anyone's ever come up to me in the wild. Um, and it's worked. Actually, I guess it has worked like once or twice, but I'm usually the one who goes up to the person. Anyway, I think that it, it can work. I just think that it's like tricky because you can also get completely rejected in the moment and you just have to kind of know that that's a possibility of they might just say, hell no, or I'm married or whatever. Right. Well, but, I, I guess also depends on how you lead into it. Yeah. I, you, I wouldn't just like walk up and be like, can I give you my number? Right. What I, did you say I, to well, the? I, I let in with you know. Oh, are those Uggs? Because are those Uggs? Well, I let into it like, like you know because yes, duh. Well, because yeah, I'm a <laughs> dude. The most I'm not really, recognizable. I know. Well, this was Crocs. Well, <laughs> the only reason why I really knew about them, my mom was like, "Oh, I need some Uggs," so I just like bought my mom like two pairs of Uggs like maybe a few months before. Yeah. So then I said, "Oh, I bought my mom a couple pairs of those," and right away she knew. I was a nice guy because I bought my mom some Uggs. That's huge. And then she was kind of engaged with that. And then from there, she's like, okay, guy knows my footwear, buys his mom stuff. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I it was- evolved. Yeah, I was right there. I could see that. I hit all the touch points. Yeah, that's that's good. I can, I can see that working. If a guy, it depends what a guy says. So like if a guy came up to me and was like, they have to- I think that they actually dating coaches probably tell people to do this. Uh, pick something out that's not necessarily a based on sexual attractiveness. Pick Uggs. something kind of objective out. So if a guy came up to me and was like, "I like your molo," or "I like your neon nails," or something, you know, like things that are like not sexual, then I could be like, "Who are you?" Like we don't maybe give them a chance. Right. Well, you try to find like a common ground, I guess, where you can talk about to a stranger. Yeah. So right away, I just pinpointed on those Uggs. And yeah. That was my, that was our common ground for the that, moment. That definitely makes sense and seems to be a good approach. But I also noticed, um, so like, you know, speaking of like that, that first thing, it doesn't get easier with the apps because once you have the apps, you still have to make an icebreaker. Apps are, apps are rough because it's like, I feel like you can't talk on the apps for more than like a day or two. If you don't quickly 
take that to a meeting or a phone number, then you just it's just gonna it's just gonna die in that inbox. You have to like That's so as true. quick as possible meet. <laughs> because, Hi, nice to meet you. Let's meet now. Yeah. Can, <laughs> that I, could come across. can I tell you something that I actually was on one of those apps and I was talking to a girl. I said on the thing, she was like like two miles away. And I'm like, where are you? It says you're two miles away. We were talking an app and she's like oh i live in this town i'm like well that's my town she's like well i i live on this road i'm like i live on that road and she was like i'm like she's like wait i, I live in this building i'm like I, I live in this building I'm like what floor are you on she's like i'm on this floor i'm like that's my floor no I'm like what apartment are you in i'm like you're four apartments down from me <laughs> and she ended up we was just walking her dogs that night we ended up just meeting in the hallway it was the funniest thing i've never seen her before in my life okay we were, we were four doors down from each other. Okay, that's that is kind of New Yorky. I can think like that's a New York thing because I've definitely had similar encounters where, like, when I was on before a while, while away, so this doesn't feel too whatever TMI, but I was on Hinge and there was this guy and he's like, "I see you every day at Variety, the coffee shop I was going to." He was like, "I see you there. Um, you're always in running clothes." <laughs> And then I real then when we met, I was like, oh yeah, like I know you. We knew I it's, I recognized him, but it's also that's also kind of hard because then it's like if it's not the one, which you know, then you still see them all the time. Well, um, yeah, we didn't go ever go on a date. We saw we each other did. in the hallway and just didn't. And then I was like, did you ever see her again? Just on the street? a couple times in the in the hallway or high and by, but like yeah. after we saw each other in person, I feel like. Maybe she didn't like me, but it was okay because I didn't really, she looked different in her picture, so I didn't really. Interesting. I wasn't upset about it. Yeah, <laughs> I see. Okay, yeah. Because I, you know, another, speaking of like the before times of before app dating, um, there was a guy in my old, when I, this, we're talking like 15 years ago, there was a guy in my old building that lived like a couple floors above me and we met in the elevator and just started talking and became friends. And then we kind of dated for a second, but it was like that, that was before the apps. We met in the wild in the same like complex, but I learned pretty quickly. You don't really want to do that because then it can get complicated when they move on and it didn't work out with us. And then I just remember like seeing other girls coming around and I was like, okay, like that, that well, that's, it's that's, like, you don't want to know. Well, that's because I have a same exact situation. I started hanging out with a, a different girl that lived in my building. <laughs> Your building is popping. You know, our building, listen, <laughs> it's just, it's a cool building. I like that building. I mean, you live in a nice place. Listen, but like, yeah, but like we met at like one of the little like social things that were going on in like the lounge. And then, um, I don't know, we ended up like kind of like dating for like a couple of years. But wow. then, but then like, you know, we, we ended up breaking up because I don't know, like as a long-term couple, maybe I just think it probably wouldn't have worked out, but we were both. We both knew that. So like mm -hmm. we were still friends today. We're actually really buddy, buddy. She's like married. Wow. And we still like get lunch every once in a while. So you're still on good yeah, terms. Yeah, we're still good friends. Cause we that's like- That's great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. She's funny as hell. That's everything. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I feel like that's kind of like how I am with I don't my think, exes. Too. I don't think her husband likes me very much, but yeah. you know. Maybe he sees, he sees well, like something like this could be the one well, that got we, away from I her. told her to make sure when they, that they started dating that she introduces me to him. Cause I didn't want to be like the stranger lurking. So I met him. We went out to dinner a couple of times, the three of us. That's huge. And you know, I just don't, you know, I don't want to make anybody feel like we're doing something, you know, I secretive. get that. I totally get that. We know who I am. I'm accessible, but like, yeah, we'll go to lunch down the block. Me, just me and her. We'll grab Chinese. We'll just catch up and 
you know, do stupid things. Yeah. You know, that's nothing like, like that. It's just a like, good, it's a good like way to have those kinds of maintained relationships, even if they're not romantic. Right. And we're definitely not romantic anymore. It's just, yeah. yeah. I, I actually think that sometimes when you have that ex that becomes a friend and there's enough time and distance and things are like everyone's, the dust has settled. You can actually have a great friendship because it's like you just know this person so well. And I, I mean, I have felt that way a lot with a lot of exes that I've had. Um, but yeah, so it can be, it can work out. Definitely. All right. Let's see what else we got. Um, hmm. Are we done with dating? Cause it looks like we could be. Okay. Well, what's the next, what is, I'm just trying to think. But is there my, anything like that we want to just, I feel like, Oh, actually does anyone have any questions of dating on the live stream? This is your chance. Um, but in the meantime, there was something I was going to ask you um, about the dating stuff that like was like a side side note because people were direct messaging me like random <laughs> questions, but um, dating is yeah. rough. It is. I, I've spent a lot of time in Austin um, reflecting on stuff. You know, I've had a lot of time and I was watching a lot of different YouTube psychology dating videos. It was just something I was doing back in New York anyway. But one of the big differences, speaking of differences between Austin and New York, I feel like dating in New York is kind of a disaster. I just don't think it's as, I don't think it's an ideal place to be settling down. I don't know. I just think it's not, it's not the ideal because everyone's lives are going at a million miles an hour and they can barely fit any other person's schedule who's also moving that fast. Are you referring to like Manhattan in the city? Or are you talking like the suburbs where we are now? I'm just saying or like New, just New, York New York City, State, the New, New York, York City. City lifestyle area. Like having, you know, it doesn't have to be Manhattan. It can be like Brooklyn or something. But I feel like there's definitely something to be said about the kinds of relationships and how they play out because everyone's just really stressed about what they're doing and they want to do, they don't know how to like include someone else in on that into the whole hustle culture. Yeah, I, I can re I can actually relate being on a suburb. What do you mean? Like being in the suburbs. I'm not I'm not in Manhattan, but like or in the boroughs, but I'm still this isn't country, but it's not, you know, the city. But it is yeah. a little bit. But I could relate to the hustle and then trying to fuse somebody into like what I have going on, I guess, on a daily Yeah. I mean to be perfectly honest, like even just my trip to Austin. So like I you know, I had like an on again, off again, you know, and um, <laughs> thing, situationship, whatever you want to call it, which is also a very New York thing. I think everyone has like well, situationships. I've never heard that phrase. Until I said it? Until someone else said that phrase last week. Really? And someone else, a girl, told another girl that me and her had one of those and Did, were you aware of the situationship you were in? No, because we don't have one. <laughs> that sounds like a situation. It was super me. weird. <laughs> I had to like, say, what does that even mean? But it's like when you have it's, a it's, thing. It's like a, it's almost like a friend with benefits, but but you're kind of dating, but not really. Yeah, or like you a loose. expect certain things from them, but then you're like, but they're, you know, it's they don't have to. So I was it's, shocked. So I was shocked and <laughs> that appalled. You were in one that you weren't even that aware. That someone of. was telling this girl was telling other girls that she's in one with me. Wow. Like, what, is, what does that mean? She like trying to protect. It means, it means she thinks you're in a situationship, but so it was a surprise to you. But so 
what I was saying is that, like I was in this situationship, which Ugh. obviously you were in one too. You didn't even know it. I didn't know. Um, it. And when I had to, when I packed up my life and went to Austin, that was kind of like, I mean, you know, said, said a lot because good. you can't, you can't just, if you're really like with somebody, you can't just like pack up and leave. I mean, I'm saying this when I did it. Well, I mean, well, just like pack up and leave and be like, see you on the other side. Well, it was good for you because I I mean, ultimately you weren't happy. Right. And that's why you need to take a break. decision. Yeah. And I think, I think that like, I didn't know any of, so like I've learned a lot, but like I didn't realize in the moment that that's pretty much like saying, okay, like, bye. Like it's like, and I had like no return flight and I was just like, I'm just going to go and see what happens. And like, it's going to be a while and whatever. Anyway that I learned that like in, in like, if you're really serious about someone, you'll have conversations. They'll naturally be conversations about what you're doing with your life. And, um, yeah, it's just like, it's definitely, it's just the kind of thing where you are aware of someone else and you feel like you're compelled to tell them if you're going to pack up and leave and go live in a different city instead of just, you know, willy nilly about it. But that's part of the whole like making plans together thing that a lot of these relationship podcasts that I hear talk about where they're like, there's we statements. We will figure it out. We will do this together. Once you start to hear that, that's more of a sign that you're in like an actual relationship versus just someone you're kind of seeing and expecting to be there when it makes sense. And yeah, yeah. I also think it's kind of like how you, Think about that person when you're not with them. That's another big sign of what what you are. Because if you're ta- if you're with friends and you're not bringing up your person or you're kind of keeping it contained and quiet and in a different category, that's kind of a sign that it's maybe just a little situationship instead of like a, oh, this person is definitely going to be by my side for all every step of the way of like things that I'm doing, whether that's physically or emotionally. But one day. Yeah, one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> so this person who said that she was in a situationship with you. Um, I can't even believe I'm even talking about this right now because they're definitely going to watch this. Yeah, well, so what do you, what, but what's the takeaway? I'm curious, what, how do you, hey, are we, we're not in a situationship. How do you talk about that? I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it. I wonder how many people out there think that they're in situationships with me. I don't know. Like now. Well, anyway, we won't get into that. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're 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 crossing a bridge into like where <laughs> like uh, people side. will be upset yeah. if they watch this. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I have to look at the comments section on that. Yeah, I'm just going to just not talk about it. Yeah. I'm mean, gonna just leave it alone. Yeah. And just let it kind of I'm not looking to hurt feelings. I'm not looking to make anyone feel bad or upset, but I'm just gonna just make believe I didn't hear that from that person and yeah. Maybe it'll just go away. I feel I feel that. And I also think that like as I've matured with like the whole like understanding of relationships, which is an evolution, like there's a lot. Yes. I've had some nights that are like there are times like even when I was in Texas, like when I first got to Texas, I was like, what am I doing? Am I going to like die alone? Like all that stuff. Um, I feel like that's a normal thing that we that all go through. That is a normal thing. I think about that every day. Yeah. It's like, what's so. what am I doing? And but th- then then you start to think that that loneliness means that you're supposed to be with the wrong person? No. No. It's better to be lonely and eating your ice cream, watching Sex in the City for the 100th time, and, you know, setting yourself up for 
finding the perfect person than go backwards. Because I have this whole thing now. I think it might even be my, I don't know, my 2023 New Year's resolution is like, I don't want to do any, I don't want to take any action that feels like it's going backwards. I think I said that to you really? in the last episode. Really? Yeah. I said, I never go backwards. It's forward momentum always. Like Maybe I don't- Maybe I got it from you. I, I don't go, like if I have something with some with somebody and then it's like, they, I feel like they wronged me or it wasn't right for me. Yeah. I don't normally- go back and revisit that no. because it's like when people date someone and they break up and they get back together, they break up, they get back together. Guess what? You're going to be doing that forever. You so, you, you know. know. Yeah, you know. And yeah. like when something is, it's called a breakup because it's broken. Like when something is mended or, or not mended, when something is shattered, it's shattered and you can't make it the same. Again. And it's, it's not failure. You know, people failure. just, people just don't get along or they just don't mesh. They don't like, you know, yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's even funnier if you have one of these and then you go back and revisit it and you maybe like see the person or something and you're like, you know, and it's like catching up or something and you really see how different you were and how it, there was never going to be like that. It was just trying to fit around thing in a square hole, square peg in a round hole like that. You really see that in hindsight, but in the moment it can feel horrible. You're like, how are they gonna, they're gonna go live their life and I'm gonna go live my life and how, and it just seems so like emotionally taxing. But then when you actually like get over it, you're like, okay, it's just a person. They're just a person. I'm just a person. We're both existing. Big deal. There are other people. Yeah, you'll, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. But that said, it, it's not always easy in the moment. But that's why, that's what friends are for. Friends help us get back to our, like, you know, not feeling so hung up over someone. But yeah. All right. I think we killed that. Yeah. All right, let's go. We're moving on. Rolling out of the dating. No more, nothing on the. Uh... Uh, no, somebody just said they were here for it. They popcorn here for the discussion. Yeah, thanks. This was a juicy one. <laughs> Yeah, we're sad today. Yeah. But I'm moving on. <laughs> Let's go. What is a recent moment that brought you a sense of joy or I'm so glad I did this? A recent moment that brought me a sense of joy or I'm so glad I did this was, uh, honest, I mean, this is kind of obvious, but literally packing up my backpack with no plan and just going to Texas. Just saying F it. I wanted to say three sheets to the wind, but it wasn't, I wasn't drunk, but I just like the term three sheets to the wind. It's <laughs> like three sheets to the wind. No, but I, I felt like I was, I did feel like a wild cowgirl just saying, I'm just going to throw some shoes and some running clothes in a bag. I didn't even bring real clothes. That's how crazy I was. I literally was like, I'll just bring running clothes. I don't, I'm not planning on seeing people or anything. I wasn't planning on anything other than just running. So I did that and then I got out there and I was like, what the hell am I doing? But it was, it's been so much fun. It's kind of fun not having a plan, but at the same time, it's also really scary because there are definitely moments that I wake up, I was waking up and going, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, like what am I doing? But I kind of like it. I, that's kind of my vibe. That's so yeah, cool. that, that's been making me really happy because even the other day before I came back to New York for this and for this week of work here, um, I was running on the dirt trail and I was looking around and I was like, I know this now. This is some place that I can always come to. Like I like know 
a new place and to get familiarized with a new place to make it kind of feel like a home is really cool. And I, I really love that. That is cool. I have, I have a, a home feeling like that when I go to Portugal a lot. I go to that same yeah. little town in Portugal. People, that woman knows what I like for breakfast there. I go to my same restaurants. It's, it's also when you can leave home and have a second. A little place. Yeah. That's everything. And like, that's how I feel about the coffee shop and like different things around me. There's actually another podcast studio near my, the place I'm living. But the thing is, is that I'm not, I wasn't recording shows there, but there's a community of podcasters that are always in the sauna and the ice bath there. So I've been able to meet people just right around the corner. So I feel like there's there's a lot of little things like that that feel really cool to know about. That is cool. What about oh, me? Yeah. What, oh. what is something about for that you felt like you just you <sighs> smile about it when you think about it because you're so uh, happy you did it. You know, I hate to be like cheesy, but I want I want I hate to cheese. be cheesy, but I'm gonna bring my mom back into this because her name is Joy. So I mean, you know, it could be a, a moment of joy, but. Um, you know, my father passed away a few years ago and they were in the middle of like renovating their apartment. So after, you know, he was gone, my mom was left with like with an apartment that had like half of the old furniture in it. And then like everything was like nice. All the new stuff was black and white and new. And then there was still like some brown things left in the house that was from like the house prior. So I went down to Florida a few months ago and I helped her throw out that old bed, get rid of that old brown furniture. We painted some walls together. Completely and we, and, and we 95% completely finished everything that her and my dad uh, set out to do in the beginning. But um, Wow. But yeah, but the person that was delivering the bed said the bed was in stock and it's like three months later, still no bed. So she has a brand new box spring and mattress on the floor, like a 14 year old, but the bed's coming. But other than that, everything is done. But it was just nice to be able to kind of close that or finish that chapter. I know. totally, that's amazing. I Like the kind of end of an era of, you know, yeah, yeah. closing up the loose ends of your father passing away. I totally get that. I, I had something similar where I had been avoiding going home to St. Louis for so many years. And then finally went back uh, after forever for over Thanksgiving. And I was so glad that I did because it was amazing. Like I, I, all these sad memories I had of like, you know, laying to rest my dad, you know, right. it's like that, that my last memory of St. Louis was my dad's funeral. And so being there and seeing all my sisters and their kids are like growing up, meeting some nephews I hadn't even met yet because they had been born when I wasn't there. It was amazing. And I, I'm going back actually next weekend. I've, I've like rekindled that relationship with this side of my family that I didn't even really, I didn't even really, I mean, I always, I mean, obviously I know I have a family, but I just wasn't close with them. And so it's, it's cool how I've changed and, you know, they've changed and it was really special, but we're going to go. Um, so I'm going to St. Louis next weekend and we're going to recreate a couple family portraits that we have from when we were little um, and we're going to do like a karaoke. I have four sisters, so it's five of us and my my mom, so six women. And we're going to go do a karaoke night and just like have fun. Things that we never did. So that's it's awesome. Kinda, it's kind of cool. That's yeah, I feel I feel really excited. And um, but that's something that I would probably add is like that closing the loop of something sad, but like right. it's not sad. And it's new beginnings, new beginnings. And we change too. Like, I feel like the, the thing that I've been learning is like, we might have these memories with certain situations that are like, Oh, it's like so hard to think about, but we change and I've changed. And like, yes, I was, 
you know, I was kind of, when my dad passed away, the version of me that my sisters knew was really sad because I was in the throes of alcoholism. Like I was actively an, an alcoholic. And so they knew this version of me that was really dark and uh, scary for them. So maybe that's why they didn't, why we weren't so close. I mean, I look back and I'm like, yeah, duh. Like that was not very fun. Um, but uh, but speaking of alcohol, <laughs> what if I was like, this is sponsored by Spike Seltzer exactly. or whatever. No, it's not. It's sponsored by caffeine and herbal tea. Yes. But, <laughs> but um, no, speaking of alcohol, I am almost, I'm one month away from one month and a few days away from one year back <laughs> from relapse but yeah so i'm almost a year back from relapsing on alcohol uh, and some other things um but basically that's huge because a year is a big thing in the recovery community because it's like you know it's just a big thing so i had almost i had three years before relapse and then now i'm you know, I'm, I'm back, but it's taking a lot of work. Like I definitely have been really tethered to my program in 12 step and I've been going to lots of meetings in Austin and it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's an evolution, but I am very grateful to have that like mile. I'm having going to have that milestone, you know, God willing, if I get to it, but, but I, I believe that I will. And I'm very excited that I've been able to stay on this like recovery thing because that's, over everything else, the training and the writing and the podcasting have to be sober or else it just doesn't work. So sobriety is my, is my secret weapon. Congratulations. Thank you. So on that note, I would say uh, that was a great show. I'm so happy we did that. I feel so like, you know, it's, it's always fun when it's just us. Yeah, I know. We just shoot the shit. Lucy you know? and yeah. Jay. Um, and so, um, thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to find me on Instagram, I'm at L U C I E B E A T R I X. You can direct message me or whatever. I'm pretty available to chat on there. And, uh, you can also follow Floored Media where this is uh, shot. It's at Floored Media. And until next time, just be fast, just win. <laughs>